Hello, everyone, and welcome to the 19th Well-Played Podcast, a podcast all about playful learning. I'm your host, Michael Matera. I try to be your gamification Sherpa, carrying the load by testing, tweaking, and sharing out my discoveries. On the show today, uh, we have with us Andrew uh, Kozlowski. Kozlowski. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, Twitter handle, Twitter handle, Mister Kaz thirty one. Andrew, please share us a little bit about yourself. All right. So uh, I've been teaching going into my fourth year now, um, and this is the first year that I've actually made the jump into gamification. I've kind of teased around with it a little bit for a few years, um, and this year I really decided to go all in. And um, I just been spending my whole summer planning. Um, trying to go over the game mechanics, characters, pretty much everything. And I've been um, really leaning on the um, the XP lap community uh, to help me out. So I'm really excited to be here. And I don't know how it's going to go, but I'm really keeping my fingers crossed and hoping it's going to be a successful game this year. And what did, uh, again, what do you teach? I'm a social studies teacher. So I teach a, a freshman uh, AP U.S. history, and I also teach a few sections of an English language learner U.S. history class. Nice. And uh, you, uh, so this is just for everyone else. This is in summer. Uh, I don't know when you're going to be listening to this, but we're in <laughs> summer. And what we're going to talk about today is. Uh, we're going to title it ready to launch. So Andrew has poured over, calculated, created what he thinks is just going to be an amazing experience. Uh, we're going to link in the show notes to your website, if that's all right with you. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, he has made just, uh, it's just beautiful is, is the best way I can describe it. Uh, I actually have it pulled up right here. So when we're doing this discussion, I got it right in front of me. It's, cool. it's just amazing. Um, but we'll, we'll get into that. I don't want to spoil any of the, the story <laughs> here. But really the idea is just ready to launch. And what, what pre-launch steps did, did you did you go through to kind of get this started? So uh, without further ado, you know, walk us through. One, once you've made the decision to gamify. Hmm. So I spent a, I spent definitely at least a couple weeks just collecting information. I got information from as many people as I can. Um, Chris Avilis is a really great uh, resource. He's a tech tech up teacher, I believe, on Twitter, mm -hmm. and he's done the gamification thing too. He has a pretty cool gamification guide that he gives out for free on his website, and so that was my main starting point. Um, and then another person in the in the XP like a pirate community was Amy Nittinger, who was just so instrumental. Um, I emailed her. She didn't know who I was. Uh, I come across her website somewhere on Twitter, I think. And I just love what she did with her game. She was a social studies teacher. She was offering all these side quests. She had a really cool theme. Um, and I reached out to her. And because it's such a great community, she was so uh, engaging with me. She wrote me this super long email back. I mean, she could have just blown me off. So right off the bat, I knew I was on the right track. I mean, she was wonderful. And she answered all my questions. And um, and she actually kind of directed me towards the XP lap community. And so I just started um, lurking on the Twitter chats and getting ideas and just building up ideas until I got to the point where I, I felt like I could do a rough outline. Um, and so I, I, the first thing I did, I, I had to come up with a theme. 
and my my thing was or my my love in life has been zombie movies i love zombie movies i love zombie games i love zombie tv shows books whatever so i knew that i wanted my game to be have something to do with zombies so i think that was an important first step is finding something that you love and make the game's theme about that because it's going to be much more enjoyable for you um once you do that uh that that's quite a good quite a good starting story Amy is phenomenal. I uh, did a couple Google Hangouts with her when she was getting started. And that's what I love about the XP Lab community. I mean, these people are just, they pay it forward all the time. So for those of you listening, you know, reach out to some of these people, ask them big and small questions, come to the chat. It's such a great place to pick up ideas. And, you know, you can hear it in Andrew, like just gen- general, like confidence he has for this thing because of really the support of a community. So I can't, I can't stress that enough. Also love you started with what I think is just square one best place to start. You got to choose a theme the, mm-hmm. I mean the theme, if you don't do this where you're looking at theme first, it, it it's so challenging. I think to understand gamification separate from theme because you're, you're like items and badges and I don't know what these items or badges. The moment you have a theme, you can start to have names of those items. Then you can start to think about what they would do. And it just, it all works when you got that theme. I'm curious if, I, I give that advice all the time because that's the way my mind works. But I'm curious, did that work for you? I mean, was that? Oh, absolutely. Once I had the theme down, it just made it so much more um, clear of where I was going to go, what directions I was going to do, what kind of items to choose, what kind of characters I wanted in the game. Um, without that theme, you really don't have that direction. And it also made it fun for me because I, I, once the theme was in place, I could really let the creative juices flow and start thinking about cool ways to incorporate that theme into the game. Um, it gets exciting. It's like <laughs> exhilarated. I love it. I mean, I, I'm so, I, this is probably the most excited I've ever been going into a school year, maybe even including my first year. Cause I know it's, it's, I've worked so hard on it. So I know that you know, only good things can come with that. You know, the kids are going to be able to see the passion in the game. And so I'm hoping that that kind of bubbles up. Yes, yes, yes. And more yes. I mean, these are like some of the intangibles that uh, I think people that don't gamify don't understand is your passion is just amped up. And it, and that only is going to produce good things in your classroom. And then the other thing you nailed is I think, too, with theme and the intentionality behind game design, is similar to just being a good teacher and like intentionally designing your course. But there's this extra layer of passion now applied to all that design. And it just, mm-hmm. I mean, like I'm looking at your website. I mean, this is just, I can't say that any other teacher in a non gamified class spent their time this summer thinking about how students are going to move through their course more than a gamified teacher did. And I mean, that's a bold statement, but I'm, I'm willing to make it because <laughs> I challenge anybody to look at this and think any other teacher laid that amount of time out for how people are going to interact in your class, walk through your class, work through your class. Mm-hmm. And, and I think some people might get caught up. Oh, it's so much work, but I, it didn't feel like work. Like it was so enjoyable for me. I really felt like a video game designer. Yeah. Um, and one thing that kind of helped me along, um, this journey was at the begin at the very beginning of my summer. I went and I replayed the Legend of Zelda, 
And that was a game that I loved growing up. And, you know, sometimes you have those games you don't really think, well, maybe it was just cool because I was, you know, six or eight years old. But I actually went back and I played it. And my God, anyone who's interested in gamifying, you can you can find the Legend of Zelda game online. There's an emulator. You can play it for free. And I just worked my way through that game. And it was such a well-designed game that I picked up so many different ideas as I was playing. So I think that would be a, that was that would be one thing I would suggest to help along the process and get your creative juices flowing. Go play The Legend of Zelda, the original one for the Nintendo, the, the original NES. It was a, I can't tell you how many ideas I got from that. You're speaking my language. I love <laughs> Zelda. I pretty much had to get my hands on an NES classic just so I could <laughs> just so I could have that again uh, in hand. So okay, my next thing. I mean this. This is, I'm just geeking out here. I love this. Thank you so much for coming on the show. Um, so we started with theme, or you started with theme. Mm-hmm. What would you say was the next thing that you you really jumped to? I'm, I'm sure you spilled over into a bunch of categories, but what was the next one you really intentionally went after? So the next thing I went into was the, uh, the games. So the theme, sorry, the players. Um, and so the theme kind of bridged into that. And so I thought about, well, what kind of players would I need in a zombie apocalypse video game. And so I came up with a list. Uh, for example, there might be a medic. There might be a soldier in the group. There might be a farmer in the group. A, there might be an engineer, uh, a police officer, a cook, a hunter, um, just all of the kind of stereotypical zombie genre groups, survival groups. And I thought like, all right, you know, in this movie, they had this, this type of a character in this show or book it had this kind of a character and so i kind of built out from there also thinking about the uh, the bartlett test and thinking well which one would this person be so you know a soldier would probably be like a killer or a provoker whereas maybe a medic would be a socializer sure. and so i started building that up and connecting the bartlett test with the different types of players yeah i see i mean he's got He's got it all on his website, right? He's got the, for the students to walk through, you can see the four different player types. He then has uh, Sean's wonderfully recreated uh, Bartle test in GIF form uh, on there and embedded. You can get that on explorelikeapirate.com. Check that out under player types. He did a guest post on that. Uh so, I mean, that's really neat how you built out a list of the characters you'd see in the game. And I, I think that that's an important step to remind, remind people. You don't always have to first instantly jump to how it would be used in your classroom. Just marinate on that theme a little bit and think about what would exist in that theme. I liked how you said that. And then, you know, you just built out these things and then you, you started to think about how they impacted the class. Mm. Um, so you did player types. So I moved from player types, and then the next, I guess, part of that structure would be the side missions, which I think are super important. Um, and that one I really probably thought about the most, because if you don't have good side quests or side missions, I don't think you're going to get that buy-in from kids. So I, was, I really put a lot of time and effort in thinking about what would be a cool activity that a kid would want to do without getting any grades. <laughs> So I thought back to my days in school, and I, I was not a very good student, and I was not interested in school. And I wished I had something like this, that maybe I had some more academic choice in my school that allowed me to really express myself in a way that represented me as a person. I think that would have been a really powerful tool. Um, unfortunately, I didn't get that in school, but now at least I can give that to my students. 
That's right. And so the side missions come next. And I, I once again, I leaned on Amy Nittinger and she had some wonderful side missions. And so using that as kind of like a foundation, that's another thing I would suggest to, you know, anyone who, who's thinking about this is lean on other people. There is a wealth of people that, well, I wouldn't say there's a lot of people doing it, but the people that are doing it have a really good understanding of what works. So reach out to the, to your PLN, reach out to, to XP lap and talk to them and ask them questions. Say, what, what are some good side missions or side quests? And I think that was really helpful along the way. I got a lot of great ideas from some of the community. Yeah. I mean, the community is great at sharing ideas like this for side quests or power-ups is another great one. Uh, you know, just, these are the things where it's fun to come up with those, but sometimes you just hit a wall and you're like, I can't think of another thing to, to add to my game. And then all of a sudden you join this chat and the topics, items, and you leave there with 20 new items you want to create for your game the next day. Um, oh, absolutely, yeah. So, yeah, don't go it alone. Uh, I In the book, Explore Like a Pirate, I list, I don't know, probably 30 different side quests you could add, and I tried to make them subject non-specific, so they, I think they would work in most subjects. Um, check out other people's blogs and websites. I mean, even just checking out yours here, you got them listed right here. I mean, people can go here and grab some ideas right off yours. Absolutely. I took a lot of ideas from uh, Adam Powley, too, who's also part of XP uh, Lab. He's, he gave me some great ideas as well. Um, and then what I, what I wound up doing, I started filling in the blanks a little bit where I started creating side quests that were specific to different characters in the game, where if you were a cook and you do a historical recipe – you now get double XP, but that didn't all come at once. That came, you know, on the second round of creation kind of. So once I had the foundation in place, I can go back and like add little cool things that I found interesting. That's awesome. That these are the kind of things that usually come later in the year or not till like mm -hmm. the second year iteration, but you're you, using your summer like that. You were able to kind of design it and then almost go back to square one and relook at it. And, you know, imply like a second coat of, of mechanics. That's a great metaphor. Yeah. It's like a second coat of paint that, right. I really like that. That's a, that's good. Yeah. I mean, and hopefully I can keep on adding to that and keep on adding to that. And, you know, once I start playing the game, I think I'm going to see a lot more of, uh, what adjustments need to be made. Yeah. And, you know, advice that I'd have as you post launch, like once you do get off the dock and start sailing with this, um, uh, you know, you want to be responsive to your students. So, you know, sometimes if you're doing a year-long game, you know, you might need a, a shot in the arm. You may have to think, like, uh, we need a little class competition here or we need to add a new item or a new twist. Uh, and then the second thing I would just give you advice for is you've put a ton of time onto this. You have nerded out about this. You are all in on this. You know the ins and outs of this. The students don't make mm -hmm. sure you give them time in terms of buy-in um, mm -hmm. i think sometimes and i'm even guilty of this too you don't instantly see kids like day one there's going to be a bunch day one they're going to love it but then there's going to be some they're like eh, you don't need to make any changes for day two and day three mm -hmm. i'm talking about like shot in the arm you know after you have like some familiarity and everything give those mm -hmm. kids time to join what you have created Absolutely. And I think the, the power-ups actually, I'm hoping that that's going to 
um, carry the uh, motivation, at least in the early um, weeks and months of rolling out the game. I really wanted to find power-ups that kids enjoyed. Right? I didn't. I, I, I'm kind of one of the reasons I didn't jump into gamification right away is I read Alfie Cohn and Daniel Pink, and I was a little bit worried about the reward factor. And looking at the power-ups that I created, I tried my best to create not rewards necessarily, but privileges. And I think that uh, that was a good uh, compromise that I made. You know, in, in life, when you do a good job, you're given privileges that maybe other people don't get. And so when I'm looking at my power-ups, I really try to get inside the mind of a high school kid and say, what would I want if I was a high schooler? Like, like simple things like, oh, you get a homework pass, you know, something like that, or something like you can bring whatever food you want to class for a day, or you can bring whatever drink you want to class for that day. I think that is a powerful motivator. Um, one of the other people that I studied um, or researched when I got into this was um, Yukai Chow, mm -hmm. which yeah. he's really great with like actually explaining like the science and the psychology behind gamification and the whole idea that rewards are really stuff is the least that the kids want, but usually it's access or power. Um, those are the kinds of things that most people are looking to gain from playing a game. So I found that very helpful as well. Yeah, it's called the SAPS model, status, mm -hmm. access, power, and stuff. And stuff is the least motivating. So, mm -hmm. you know, in schools we want to think about that because I think a lot of teachers, you know, give out candy rewards and these kind of things. And not that they should stop that immediately or anything, but it that is the least impactful in terms of motivating mm -hmm. and making a true connection with those students. Mm -hmm. So if we can design something with more gamified model where you can start to get into the status access and power realm mm -hmm. like that is where you connect and make a larger difference now you mm -hmm. mentioned uh alfie cohen is so funny uh that is a common like uh roadblock by some and i think when you really get into gamification and gamification done right where you're not just badging everything out and you're not just pointing everything out mm -hmm. um you you find out that actually a true gamified model ends up being more intrinsic, not less intrinsic, uh, because students are discovering things about themselves as they get deeper into the game. What they're getting is deeper into your content, mm -hmm. and there becomes a greater appreciation and passion and empowerment that they feel. Uh, mm -hmm. So it ends up, it's kind of ironic, it ends up being more intrinsic, not less. Well, from what I've seen from all the work that people have showed, that the people have shown on the, on the Twitter chat, it's amazing to see some of the products are being created, you know, and this is not being done for a grade. It's not, I don't even think the kids are doing it for the XP necessarily at times, maybe sometimes, but I think it's the ability, the autonomy to, to choose your own learning style or your own learning method or your learning product, I think is the most powerful thing. You know, yeah. academic choice has been so powerful. I I was at my previous school, they introduced academic choice as our focus. And I, you know, I really felt like making that change and seeing how that can bring out the best and even the most difficult students. Um, that's the motivation. That's the intrinsic motivation, not the stuff, not the keychain for making honor roll. It's the autonomy to do what you want to do and the trust that the teacher has in you to make a good product and kind of have a little bit of freedom. Yeah, no, I mean, I think you're totally right that kids end up doing it more for the autonomy and, and just that the thrill of the challenge and completing it uh, 
and completed it so well. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, I mean, <laughs> geez, I could talk to you forever about this stuff. I, <laughs> sorry. Uh, so we, you then went to the sort of power-ups. Mm-hmm. You, you, you got that in place. How about like the, the rules? I often get a question about like, so, all right, so I got these power-ups, I got these badges, I got these levels, but like, did you struggle at all about putting in place? Like, how do they get their items? How did you set a value for those prices? How are you going to keep track of gold? All these, you know, just the logistics of running a game. Well, you know, the one main thing that made it really helpful was your control center. Once I downloaded that, you know, here's a plug. <laughs> yeah. But it really is, it's fantastic. It really can guide your entire game. Um, and so I think that was really helpful in framing the rules of the game based around the um, formulas in that control center that you sell on your website uh, and on Teachers Pay Teachers. Um, I thought that was just a really good, almost a guide to the rules. I didn't have to worry about the rules so much because the basics were there. Sure. Uh, and in regards to the other rules, it you know, teachers do get, I, I found people are asking me now and I'm kind of like, well, I just started this. So <laughs> I don't want to talk to, but like, I can just tell them like, be creative. You're the game master. You're the designer here. You can make any rule you want. I mean, I mean, that's the beauty of it. Yeah. Uh, or you can listen to other people. Like I, I want on your podcast and I can't remember which episode it was, but um, somebody was talking about the hearts and the health mm-hmm. and I didn't have that in my game up to that point. I was like, wow, wow. I can incentivize behavior now a little bit. Right. So I set up my heart system that, you know, if you miss a homework or if you are using your cell phone at an inappropriate time, you lose a heart. And then without that, going back to the legend of Zelda, um, game design, if you don't have full hearts, you can't use your special skill on a test. That's not something that, you know, somebody told me how to do. It's something that kind of came to me after much thought. Yeah. That's a good analogy too for anybody that's played the game Zelda. If you have full health, you can kind of like shoot, I don't know, like a lightning bolt out of your sword and it flies across the screen as opposed to having to like risk being right up there. Mm-hmm. Um, and in the twi- and the last conversation we had, it was about like your items aren't functional unless you're at full health. So that's, yeah. Yeah. So then that's something I, I, you know, you know, I just kind of came up with, you know, the, the majority of the game though, and I don't want people to feel like it's an impossible task. If you look at my website, pretty much 90% of the stuff on my website is taken from other people. Um, so I try to give as much credit as I can, right? Because this community is so great. You know, I just didn't invent this website and I, and I, every, every time somebody posts it, I'm actually a little bit embarrassed. I mean, like, I got to tell you, Michael, like one month ago, my buddy told me about your podcast and now I'm on your show. Like, how amazing is that? What a strange <laughs> world we live in. That's right. That, that It can, it can happen for you that quick, you know, and it happened for me that quick because I found something I was passionate about and it really excited me. And it, so, yeah. I mean, you guys listen to this, you got to pull over the car right now and like <laughs> <laughs> click his website though, because it is, it really shows you. I, I'm just really proud of seeing it because it, it shows you what can be done when you put thought, you know, and passion behind something. Cause I don't know to hear you talk that this was one month ago, you know, this wasn't, I mean, you're going to look at it and you're going to be blown away and say, I can't do that. But then just remember like who you're talking to. It was a month ago, right. That he sat down to do this and 
you also don't have to do it this well. I mean, this is clearly, you took this and really went, you amped up, I think, as high as you can take your first launch. And it is just well done, well thought out. The theme plays throughout the whole thing. Um, I mean, just being on the website right now, I feel a little bit like I'm in the zombie apocalypse, <laughs> you know, which is great. And that's what you kind of want. And um, maybe we could talk a little bit about that, just like where you can insert theme, right? Like he, he he's taking time to find nice graphics and choose a nice layout and theme for his website, uh, good pictures, those little things, you know, that, yeah, it, it took you, you know, four hours of searching for photographs. Oh, yeah. And I didn't mind it at all. <laughs> but like, you know, you put that four hours in this summer and now the rest of the year you have these great images and it's it's going to be what makes it a little more exciting and a little more thematic. And it's going to allow you to, to be a little more creative on your items. And kids are going to, I mean, I, I kid you not, they're, the more they get into your game, the more they're going to actually want items that do things in the game than they do in real life. Like at mm -hmm. first they're totally going to want bring in the drink, you know, mm -hmm. choose a seat. But mm -hmm. then eventually if the game's designed really well and engaging, they're going to want the thing that, you know, can steal two points from somebody or that mm -hmm. can, you know, save somebody from a zombie chasing them down or, you know, whatever. They're going to want that more than bring in the Coke and drink it. Uh, and then one of the things that I really wanted to, I used the Bartlett test to, look at some of my power-ups, that's something I would highly recommend too, is you want to have power-ups that represent all four different types, right? You want some that represent the, the provoker or the killer, and you want some that represent the socializer. And so if you can make a game that, you know, meets the needs of all those different types of players in the Bartlett test, um, I think you'll have a more powerful game too. Yeah. I mean, I when I do my full-day workshops in PD, one of the things I talk about, I talk about a concept called mining and what you need to do, I think, when you hit that wall, when you're like, I can't think of any more ideas, I can't think of another item or power up in my class, um, I, I suggest that you pick a mine location and I, a location would just be a topic. So like you chose Bartle test mm -hmm. and then you just mine the heck out of that. Like what's everything I can think of for the Bartle test? Oh, there's these four categories. Let's sit here and just marinate on the idea of being an explorer. What does explorer want? What can I can come up with? And usually when you do that, you can come up with four or five ideas. And in the case of the Bartle test, there's those four categories. So you might come up with four or five per group. Boom. Just spending that like hour thinking, mining that idea. You just came up with 20 new power-ups. Absolutely. And even just my character types then, and then I moved into that where I have a chef or a soldier, you know, a mission for a soldier might be, or a side quest for a soldier might be, you know, research the history of a certain weapon or military tactic. And you get double XP for doing that if you're a soldier. So it's incentivized. So right there, you can just throw even more on top of it. So yeah, I like that idea of mining and, and finding different, I guess, perspectives to look at power-ups. And that's really, it's just take the world, you know, and, I had a friend tell me this and I love it, you know, take the world, you know, and just shift it by a few degrees and all of a sudden you can, you can see so much more. So, you know, you, you started to build your game, you started to see it a certain way. It was good. And then you just shifted it a few degrees and you figured out a few more things to add. Um, so it's not like rocket scientists. I, I tell you that. So the listeners, you know, don't get freaked out. I mean, 
he just took something that he was passionate about and Andrew just kept playing with it, playing with it, and playing with it. Um, and he can add to it again, like you are the game designer. If one of these mechanics aren't working out so good, he can pull it out of his game. He can add two new ones. He can keep everything and add new ones. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, I mean, you really did a, just a bang up job. I can't wait to hear more about how this all turns out after you launch it. Cause here we are in summer. We're at the end of summer. So launch is coming soon. Uh, yeah. With that said, uh, I think it's a perfect time to do a little reflection time. So I have sort of two questions. This isn't really a quote. I just want us both to sort of reflect on uh, yours, I guess will be a little different. Question one is as you embark on this new journey, what is one of your greatest fears? And then the second question I'll just give you right away is what what is one of your greatest like motivations about like moving into this next year with this gamified class? Well, I can tell you my fear right off the bat is the huge worry is that it's just going to fall flat. Like the kids aren't going to get it. They're, I'm going to come in. I'm going to explain it. They're be like, this is dumb. And like that's my, like I might have even had a couple nightmares about that, like rolling out this thing that I spent like, I don't know, 50, 60 hours on and the kids just saying, I'm not doing that. You know, now I'm rolling this out first with my AP U.S. history class. So I'm thinking that's probably a good class to roll it out on because they're going to humor me. You know, they know how to play the game of school. You know, that's why they're in AP. And so I think that at the very least, they're going to humor me and they're going to you know, play along for a little bit, but I'm hoping that I get a really lot of buy-in. Um, I also know that those kids are probably very competitive as well. So I'm hoping I'll get some buy-in on that perspective as well. Um, something that I'm really excited about and something that's motivating me, as I kind of mentioned, um, before I was always bored by school. I was always sleeping through classes. I just, I hated it. I hated school with a passion. And so my motivation really is to, be that teacher that a kid like me would be like, wow, like I really enjoy this class. And that would have taken a lot. So that's kind of one of the reasons that motivated me to go above and beyond because I knew what kind of a student I was and how hard it would have been to motivate me as a student. (laughs) So that's why I went above and beyond because I knew I would be a really tough audience. If I was teaching myself, (laughs) um, the, the teenage Mr. Kaz would be very, very difficult to impress and motivate. And so that's one of the drives and the motivations that I have. Uh, and I'm really just looking forward to see what happens. Like anything could happen. I'm hoping, you know, I, I want to temper my expectations. I know it's not going to be perfect right away. I know the kids aren't going to be as excited as I am right away, but I'm also thinking that they're not going to be totally just flat and just like, we don't care about this. Just tell us how to get an A. So hopefully somewhere in between those two extremes, that's where we're going to kind of wind up. And then based off of that initial launch, I can start improving, adjusting, like you said, taking out mechanics, adding new mechanics, surprising the kids. I think a big thing is going to be to keep them on their toes, to keep introducing new mechanics into the game so it doesn't get dull. Um, and so that's one of going to be my challenge as well, not just to do the, the work in the beginning, but to also continue working and um, adding layers of paint to use your metaphor. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, I can tell you from my experience, uh, it's not going to fall flat on its face. And one of the huge things that we have in our corner as educators 
who are about to try anything new um, is the fact that school for the by and large while there are great many innovative teachers most of school hums along the same so uh, I think it's a breath of fresh air for students when they see see the new and they try the new and it's 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 exciting so they may not like first day gush and say like mr cos this is amazing mm -hmm. but i think they're gonna leave recognizing this is different and it's a little more fun so why i mean why would i complain about that verse you know mm -hmm. just the same so i think you're you're going to have yeah. a little bit more leeway with the students. I think they're going to be they're going to be cool, but they're going to like that. And I think the more they dive into the game, then they're just going to naturally like it because they're going to realize like, wow, this is pretty cool. These choices, the agency, you know, how they can express themselves, like you said, with the different side missions you're going to send them on. And so, I'm hoping that eventually I can roll it out into my ESOL class because I think that's those are the classes that really need it. Yeah. Uh, you know, the AP kids, they're probably going to be successful regardless of your strategy. You can lecture there the whole time and they're probably going to be okay. But the ESOL kids, the on-level, the lower track kids, I think those are the ones that really need stuff like this. So I'm kind of looking forward to doing that and rolling that out and possibly even leveraging the game into, you know, maybe I can incentivize my AP kids to then work with my ESOL kids and, you know, maybe you win XP or they team up somehow or do side quests together i think that would be like the best it could be if, like it, revolutionary it, thing. it could be really cool if you kept the exact same theme and each class was like a compound you know like its own little like tribe trying to keep off ward off the people but like they mm -hmm. they maybe like a little into the game like a couple weeks into the game realize that all the classes are doing it and they realize that there are these other humans that are also trying to fend off so they can mm -hmm. kind of work together but they, but they could also at the same time kind of compete because there's limited resources. Yeah, some groups might be enemies, and some classes might be friends, and they can make alliances on their own. That would be that would be really interesting. But I think that that's more for the future. Yeah, no, no, no. see no. how this goes right now. Yeah, that's a couple <laughs> coats of paint down the way. Uh, yeah. yeah. Um, well, I really, really appreciate you coming on. Uh, you know, I really just love hearing your passion, your enthusiasm, and seeing your website. I mean, just Thank you, thank you, thank you. Um, I, we got to keep this conversation going. I don't. I just totally want to make sure you realize you are coming on. Well played <laughs> again because we want to have a follow up to this. And here, I hope so. As you and grow, I hope I have good news. <laughs> so, uh, thanks. Big thanks. Uh, you're welcome. It's it's happy to be here. And if I could just say one more thing, if you're out there, steal whatever you want from my website. Just like I took it from the XP like a pirate community. It's there. We're a community. You know, if you see a good idea, take it. Come up with your own ideas. Change them, modify them, whatever you want. And I'm just going to add to that, and then share it back to the XP Lab community because again, we're just—it's just—we're all growing and getting better together. So for the rest of you guys, don't forget to check out explorelikeapirate.com for all sorts of ideas, vlogs, blogs, podcasts. Additionally, join in the fun on our new monthly giveaway that we're starting on explorelikeapirate.com. Super easy to click. You can uh, win all sorts of stuff. This, this, this month is some t-shirts from my website. Uh, thanks for listening. It is an honor having you listen, learn, and play with us. As always, connect and share with your ideas on explorelikeapirate.com or well played you hashtag 
Uh, enjoy your week and play on.